not only do I have passport privilege that gives me access to places, y'all, it was a no-fee passport. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Halashesi. And before we get started, let me just say that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, now that we got that out of the way, hi, peeps. So excited. Let's jump right into this episode with saying happy 4th. Happy 4th of July. If you're listening to this on the day it airs, it is July 4th. And I'm sure somebody is out there cooking, grilling, getting ready to see fireworks or putting on a fireworks show themselves, watching movies, playing games outside, outdoor stuff, at the lake, at the ocean, whatever you are doing, I hope that you're celebrating, right? I hope that you are celebrating life and um, having a good time. You know, that's what life is about. Celebrations, having a good time. So anyway, let's jump into what I am reading. Y'all, this past week, I read Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, and it was a National Book Award finalist. Came out in 2017. I'm pretty sure I got that right. And y'all, before I get into my three words, it was a really, really good book. I really enjoyed it. My three words, crushing, saga, and symbolism. And just so you have a backstory of the book, it is historical fiction. It is really, really, oh man, it. It is quite a tale. It starts in the 1930s with the Japanese occupation in Korea and China. But the story is really about a Korean family, multi-generational stories of this particular family. And it goes all the way up to 1989. I believe that's where the story ends. So many decades of this family. And it is... A war story, of course, so World War II is going on or the amping up to World War II. And then after all the fallout and how it impacted these families and particularly this one family and the families around them. That's the backstory of Pachinko. So let's start with crushing. This story was crushing because there was tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. But what's interesting about how the writer did this. The tragedies were shocking, but also they were welcome tragedies, I guess, at least for me. And when I say welcome tragedies, they weren't portrayed, they weren't written in a tragic way that just left you boohoo crying. It left you just saying, why? Why must the world be so cruel to good people? Why? That was the way I felt as, I mean, just layers and layers of tragic truths happened in this book. It was just like, why? But why? Good, decent people. Why must this happen? Man, and I think that is a talent, a talent to be able to write tragedy in ways that just 
leave you gaping at the mouth and wondering why, you know, just questioning, questioning life. And also questioning her, why, like, really, really, why must all these people go through this and particularly the deaths? And I'm going to try not to let this be a spoiler for you all. But just so you know, you've got the three words at this point. Go read the book. Okay, <laughs> if you so choose. But I, I will maybe say some things that share a little bit about what's happening in this book. So anyway, it was crushing. The losses were crushing. They weren't tragic, but they were crushing in ways that felt inevitable. Saga. My second word was saga. Ah, it's a saga. <laughs> and, and what's funny, I didn't actually read the book jacket and I read this on my Kindle app. So I read on my iPad on my Kindle app. So I didn't have necessarily a jacket, but I didn't even read the synopsis of it. And so I didn't know what I was getting into. And sometimes it's really a, a lot of fun that way when I open a book and I have no idea what's going on. Like last week, I talked about a book that has a movie to it and lots of people know about it because it spawned a movement. So yeah, I kind of knew what I was getting into. This time I didn't. Didn't know at all. I was just like, heard it was good. Let me go ahead and read it. And it was a saga, multi-generational. And what's funny is that I think the book is going to be about one particular character when the book starts. Y'all, I was wrong. I was wrong. And it was shocking. I think at the end for me, just it was like, whose story is this? That was a big question for me. Whose story is this? This is so many people's stories. And that was fascinating for me. It was a saga. It wasn't just one particular protagonist and all the smaller characters around them. There were there were definitely central characters in this book. And I would say ghosts of central characters. And there are no ghosts per se in the book, but just meaning phantoms of people who, you know, left the life long ago, but still had a major impact on the characters' lives as the decades went on. That's what I meant by that. So many people's stories in one novel. That was that was quite satisfying. And then symbolism. There's so much symbolism in this book. And I I think it would have been a lot of fun to read this book in a book club, honestly, because I would have enjoyed having conversations with people about the different levels of symbolism in this book. There were so many places where I sat and paused and thought about the irony. Even people's names in a book meant so much on a larger scale. The relationships that they had with one character, despite the genesis of that relationship, it was ironic sometimes, just politically, religiously, culturally national boundaries it was it was that it was language so much symbolism i appreciated that it is the type of book that i could see myself picking back up at a later time in life and and talking about it with other people i also found it very satisfying to read this book while living in japan because honestly even at having had a great education I just did not know enough about Japan's occupation in China and in Korea and its part in World War II until later in life. And I'm still learning. So this book really taught me a lot about Japan's occupation in China and in Korea specifically. 
And it's just, honestly, I had to get a lot of this knowledge from going to museums later in life. I lived in China for a while and I went to one of the major cities that Japan had occupied during this time. And there is a very, very sad, uh, just heartbreaking prison museum there in that city now. And I I went to it and I learned about how Chinese people were interned there. They were captured and tortured and, oh, okay, I won't go into that. But even being here as a dependent, mind you, but uh, as part of the military community is a remnant, right? Is a direct reflection of what happened post Japan's occupation in these countries and all of the agreements and treaties that had to be signed after the war ended. And, you know, that's why we're here now. Even that history, I'm still learning. So I really appreciated this book for the fact that it was crushing and a saga. And there was so much symbolism, but it also taught me a lot. I would say it's a little gritty in places. Just throwing that out there for those who like to know these things in advance. I didn't always expect it, but this is also wartime and different people's stories and different characters and different points of view. Yeah, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Pick it up if you so choose. All right, moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, my passport got a passport. (laughs) It's true. So let me tell you, for all of our male spouses in the game have been out of the U.S. station. You already know this for our newbie male spouses who are in the U.S. and who have not been stationed abroad. And also for the male curious. Hey, y'all, just to let you know, there is something called a no-fee passport. No hidden fees. Yes, my passport has a passport. It is true. So, I, before getting to Japan, we had to do a lot. Y'all, it was a lot. We had to get ready for me to go. My husband had orders to Japan. And as a dependent, I had to also get clearance to come over. And one of the things we had to do, I had to get what was called or what is called a no-fee passport. And no lie, y'all, I have two passports that on the outside look identical. Two U.S. passports, right? The... No fee passport. Really, the only thing that I've seen that is different in this passport is that it has this little line, this little line in the passport that is on the signature page that, you know, that main page that says, uh, let me, let me read it to y'all because I got the passport in front of me. It says this passport is valid only for use in connection with the barest residence abroad as a dependent of a member of the American military or naval forces on active duty outside the United States. A mouthful, right? It is kind of funny having these passports, both of them, right? You can't use your no-fee passport just because you want to go places. No, it's only when you are on official, quote-unquote, government business going back home, quote-unquote, right? Your home abroad. Anyway, I say that because... It really got me to thinking, y'all. I have passport privilege. And I believe in thinking about your privileges. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. So I was like, sis, you have passport privilege. Because at least right now, there is very limited tourism in Japan. And there was no tourism for a good amount of time in Japan during this little pandemic, right? So 
they have tour groups that can come over now that to be pre-approved and all of that good stuff. But right now, family, friends, they can't just roll through Japan. They can't because they're not letting people in like that. It's, it's only for those who live here, who are residents. And for me, as a resident, I'm a, on a particular status of residency in Japan as connected to the military, right? And so they say, you, you're going to have to have this passport. You're going to have to have this passport to enter this country. It is a privilege. And I was just thinking about the fact that not only do I have passport privilege that gives me access to places, y'all, it was a no-fee passport. And the reason they call it a no-fee passport is because there are no additional fees. Mm-hmm. No additional fees. Just think about it. I have a document that usually costs a decent grip of money that gives me access to places that not everyone can access. And it was free. Y'all, no hidden fees. Just I now it was a little bit of a headache having to go up to the office and turn in things and this and that. And then my name wasn't on one particular document, right? And for my husband's orders, so he had to go back and talk to the detailer, blah, 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 this, that, and other, right? But we eventually got together and there were no hidden fees. And it got me to thinking, y'all. No fee access is good access. Yes, we need more no fee access to things. I mean, even to get a driver's license, you have to pay somebody, right? You go up to the DMV or the RMV or whatever they call it in your state and you pay money for people to give you this license to have access to driving. Mm -hmm. Most things you have to pay to get access, they give you a little plastic card or whatever, a little QR card, whatever it is, and you have to pay to get that access unless it's job related, right? And 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 if it's job related, that means you have a responsibility with that access. But I I love it, no fee access, and I just thought, what else in life is good no fee access? And I just thought, library cards. And and yes, we do pay taxes for library cards and libraries and all this thing. But still, that just a, a small little price to pay that just go, it was going to come out anyway, right? But just think of I just think about all the people who are not using their access to libraries. No fee, no hidden fees. You go up and you say, "Hello, my name is so and so." I live at XYZ Place. Please, I would like a library card. It will give me access to all these things. Y'all, I ain't lying to you right now. A lot of the books I read, I read it on my Kindle app because I have the Libby app. And it is great because I can access library materials, digital materials via the app. And I'm not even physically there anymore. But I still am a card holder of the library. And I'm thankful for that. Access. No fee access. Yes. It is good. It is good for the people. Y'all, what do we have access to that we are not accessing? Do y'all got a library card? I hope everybody has a library card listening. Yes, it's a good thing. Utilize your public library. I was just at the library the other day getting some cookbooks. And some Japanese study books. It's it's good. No hidden fees. I mean, because let me tell you, there's some places 
where you have to you have access at a fee. Most places, right? Can't even go to a bathroom in a city without having to pay for something to use the bathroom. Why? Why is that? Why is that? And it's interesting. I lived in California for a short bit, Southern California, and there's a large unhoused population there. And I just think, listen, where where are the good public bathrooms? Scarce. They are scarce. But you go through the city and you see all of these restaurants and theaters and they won't let you use the bathroom until you pay for something. See? Hidden fee. It's a hidden fee. We need more no hidden fee access. No fees. Yes. So many things, guys. So many things. Anyway, I'm going to leave that right there. What can we access today that does not have some hidden fees to it? I'm going to let you think on that. All right. So moving on to the last segment of the day. Y'all, I am so excited. I am sharing with you a piece that I wrote years and years ago. And I sat with it and had fresh eyes looking at it, editing it. It was a lot of fun to see this piece grow from where it was when I first wrote it many years ago. It is called Left Too Soon. Margaret Washington was cold by the time her twins arrived. Lying across a wicker rocker. Afghan sitting on her slender legs. Tempa scanned the little sitting room. It was cramped with old lady things like dollies and cat figurines and white diamonds perfume bottles. Things too old for a woman of only 52. She turned back to her mother to stare at her outline just a bit. Margaret's light brown skin, narrow nose, and tangled curly black hair matched the pictures of the woman tucked carefully away into old photo albums kept by relatives who hadn't seen her in decades either. They had the same long fingers, Tempa noted. Their dad's hands were short and stubby. Of course those genes had come from this stranger. Small-town Montana proved easier to reach than the twins expected. Kalispell Airport was bright and quaint. Snow-capped mountains seemed in walking distance, though they were miles away. The car ride only took 30 minutes from the airport, and the scenery was nothing but mountains and snowy plains. The first teardrops fell from Tanil's eyes silently. Tempa let out a long sigh as she stayed the line with the 911 operators. They could already hear the emergency vehicle sirens. Stepping out to the rickety porch, Tempa shivered a bit in the late March breeze. Tanil followed her sister outside. This was our only chance, Tanel whispered, incredulous at the circumstances. Tempa shook her head, staring off deathly into the distance. We deserved answers, Tempa agreed, her voice deep and turbulent. There was supposed to be more time, Tanel said as if in a reverie. The blustery wind stung the tracks of her silent tears. Tempa turned to her sister who, though only four minutes younger, always needed protecting. Though they shared every obvious physical feature, the same pear shape, a soft rounded jaw and bright brown eyes, they'd always responded to loss in vastly different ways. 
Their mother's abandonment toughened temper, whereas it left Tanel fragile, vulnerable. I knew something bad was going to happen. I woke up last night to a sharp chest pain and a cold sweat, and it was like I just knew, Tanel said, now pacing the little porch, unwilling to go back into the dead woman's house. The first responders arrived, hopping out of their fire truck, the ambulance not far behind. Tempa explained what she knew, showing them to the flaccid, middle-aged woman inside before rejoining her sister on the porch. Tempa guessed that finding their mother at last was the beginning of something gone all the way wrong. Even though Margaret had been overjoyed to hear their voices the first time they called, even though she'd invited them out to visit, they couldn't even name the capital of Montana, let alone figure out what had brought their troubled mother to the outskirts of Kalispell from Chicago, where she birthed healthy, precocious twin girls some 30-plus years ago before quitting on them and their father. They were nine months when Margaret walked out the door with not so much as a goodbye letter. Tempa's eyes started to well, but not with sadness like her sister. She suppressed her urge to scream, but couldn't control the surging blood pounding through her temples. Shuffling came from inside the house, and the porch door swung open, one of the first responders with obvious news. But you know what, Tanel? Tempa said before turning to the plain-faced EMT worker with a practiced somber expression. She did what came naturally to her, Tempa pronounced. Tears fell from both women's faces. On this point, the twins agreed. Their mother had once again left too soon. All right. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Definitely check me out on the webpage stationwithstories.com. You can find the written version of the piece online. You can also listen to the podcast there if you'd like. Find out a little bit more about me and the genesis of this podcast. Check me out on social media stationed underscore story on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me, the things that I'm posting. Say some things, chat back with me. I love to hear your feedback and definitely on all of the podcast apps that you are listening to, leave a review. Leave all of the stars, y'all. All the stars, say something, tell me something. And I am looking forward to being back with you all next Monday, Station with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.